back with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 369 aka year eight week 14 uh, coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc ks and since this is your regularly scheduled live clubhouse club broadcast you can find us there uh saturdays around 4 p.m eastern time is when i open up the club open up the room on clubhouse and get everything up and ready to start <laughs> So if you want to participate, find the club, The Anarchist Experience, or find me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, and then you'll get the notification when I start the room. Uh, that being said, what's going on with you guys this week? Uh, crickets. Crickets. I don't Not have much. a... What button's the cricket button on the board? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Um, as an aside, I was in the... We were doing something in the kitchen the other day, and some they were looking for something and they were taking their sweet ass time and because i have you know amazon alexa in the kitchen to run my microwave yes i'm that kind of a douchebag um i just went like hey alexa play the jeopardy music (laughs) (laughs) and so they started to do the you know the the jeopardy final jeopardy countdown thing Mm, while they were still looking it was funny maybe you had to be here (laughs) right on (laughs) i get shit for that right because alexa's like the spy device you know, libertarians and anarchists. Like, you can't have that in your room because Amazon knows everything about you. It does. Okay. And, and, and people people complain about ads they get on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, I don't get those ads. And they're like, why? It's like, because I don't react to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And yet I am on the other side of that token because I have made a number of purchase purchases off of Facebook ads. And... I'm okay with that because no, I'm, it's stuff I'm totally I okay want. With, that's what I'm saying. I'm totally okay with the ads I get, but some people complain about the stuff that they get on their feed and it's because they're always interacting with those things. Yeah. And so it might be something that they don't like, but then the, they'll, you know, they'll make a post on it or whatever. And so they'll get more things that they hate. So anyway, my, the, the, the phone or the apps at least know what I like. And if I keep telling them what I like, they give me more of it. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, I guess for me, it's a feature, not a bug. But right. <laughs> the, the most frustrating thing for me when it comes to that stuff is, right, like I will interact with an ad. Like I will click the like, I will go to the company site, and I will click, you know, like follow or whatever. And I do that kind of like as a bookmark to go right. back to later, right? Like I'm not, I'm not in the market yet, but I will be, and... I'm going to check out this product later. And then when I'm like, okay, I'm ready to make the purchase. I can't find the fucking company or the ad. Like, where was that? They were giving out like a coupon code, man. Like, come on. So sometimes it works in reverse, but I'm ready to shop. And and then I'll just doom scroll, right? Hoping that the ad will pop up in the feed again. Cause you know, that's what it's supposed to do. 
I'm sending out telepathic messages to Facebook, like, bro, show me that ad you showed me two days ago so I could <laughs> buy the product that I wanted to buy two days ago. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, Alexa's fun. It's it's the way of the future, in my opinion. And I'm... Well, the future is that Alexis will want to know, will, will provide you with what you need before you thought you needed it, before you even... I mean, it'll just arrive on your doorstep. Oh, yeah, this would be good to have. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, that's that's not even like an old, that's not even a new model, right? I remember um, it was the one time I did it, and then my dad got mad. Um, you, you probably know this, the, the, the scholastic book fair things that they used to hand out in like elementary school, like order your books. Mm-hmm. Does this ring a bell to anybody? Like, yeah. No? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Just making sure I wasn't the only one. Uh, but there was like one thing on the order form that was a subscription service. Right. And I wanted the book inside the subscription service. So we had to get the subscription service. Um, and apparently like my dad didn't know it was a subscription service. So the next month more books showed up on the doorstep. <laughs> he was pissed and he was like, what the hell is this? You know, showing up on my doorstep. Um, and then he paid it cause Hey, we got books and you got to pay the bills, right? That's the, what you're supposed to do. Um, and then, like, he talked to my stepmom. I don't think she was my stepmom yet, whoever she was at the time. And she was like, oh, no, if you just don't pay for it, they stop sending it. And so when the <laughs> next one came, like, my dad just didn't pay for that one. And sure enough, that was the last one that ever showed up. But it was, you know, it's still one of those things like, hey, we think we know what you want before you want it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other, you know, services out there, you know, that you, if you're following on Facebook, right, they're, they're going to offer it to you. Um, like the, the man's clothes box, right? Every month we'll send you more clothes. We think you might like keep the ones you like return the ones you don't. And so returning stuff is turning into a big deal and, you know, waste if you want to call it that or convenience fee. Um, but yeah, it's giving you what you want before you think you want it is not a new model at all. It's existed Mm. and still exist. Mm -hmm. And if the algorithm can figure it out, right, then so be it. I was, ups- I was upset with Amazon um, the other day because I order something and usually when I need to return it, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a few clicks through the menu, uh, but you got to like, you can have it picked up at an address. Like UPS will come back for it. And I go, oh, yeah, you know, I work, I, I'm at work. I box it up at work or whatever. And then UPS comes, gives me a receipt for the pickup and we're good to go. While I was trying to return something and they took away that option. And instead they're like, you have to drop it off somewhere. So I was like, fine. You know, there's a Whole Foods sort of, you know, two minutes out of my way after work on certain days. I'll just return it to Whole Foods. Well, the beautiful thing about the, the Whole Foods return, even though it's slightly out of the way and doesn't can pick it up, it's like, they're like, just bring the product back. You don't have to box it. You don't have to label it. Doesn't even have to be in the original packaging. Just bring it back. And apparently that, you know, Whole Foods is aware of this obviously because they're accepting it and you know, they're, they're an Amazon company, but it was, you know, when I returned it, the clerk looking at it, I don't think she paid that much attention to what I was returning. Right. And it was like, yep, kind of looks like it. You ordered a shelf. This looks like a shelf and then boom, off it goes. And so it's, it's not as convenient, but it's still, you know, convenient for free returns. Right. Like you just order and go. It's a convenience thing. And I, I am willing to pay and sacrifice a little bit 
of, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, privacy um, to get that convenience. Because just like anything else, right, if, you, if you're giving them your real information, um, you're kind of doing it wrong, right? They can have the credit card information or whatever, but I get, you know, my Amazon packages get delivered to my job um, addressed to Rich E. Rich and has been done so, you know, to that name for years now. In fact, having packages from Amazon delivered to Richie Rich is how I got ID verified on Facebook. Because Facebook's like, we need to see some ID now because we don't think this is your real name. And I had my my free market ID card printed out. And so I sent them a copy of that with an Amazon delivery envelope. And they're like, okay, you're Richie Rich. Boom, verified, ID verified. So it, you know, that's how easy it was to get ID verified on Facebook using Amazon delivery packages. Cool. But it's so convenient. I just, I can't, you know, say what you want. I'll, I'll take all the heat from all the anarchists and libertarians who are like, you're giving up your privacy. I'm like, yes, voluntarily. And only what I want to share. Right. And Amazon's stock took a big hit. It's down like, uh, or Bezos is down like $200 billion or something. I don't know. Poor guy. Yeah, and and it's really sad because there's people, you know, cheering this. They're like, "Oh yeah, he's 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 losing money. Like that's a good thing." And and I think it's totally the wrong attitude to have because if if Bezos thinks he needs more money, all he has to do is raise prices a little bit, and he's got a lot more money, and everybody else has a lot less. (laughs) But it's a fair trade. Sure, Um, but. In, in reality, I don't think uh, Bezos is uh, hurt over this. I mean, sure, he'd probably like to uh, claim he's number one, uh, yeah. beating be, beating Elon. But um, you know, he's still one of the richest people in the world. So it's uh, I don't know. It's p- people think that when the stocks go down, that means they've lost money, and it's it's not really that. You know? So well. Yes and okay. So yes and no. It's it's a weird area when you're talking about like money versus net worth, mm-hmm. right? Because he's not liquid in that amount of money. He couldn't spend right. that amount of money if he wanted to. It's just what we value him at. Yeah, it's like when uh, Elon sold uh, I don't know eleven billion dollars worth of Tesla stock to to help this Twitter trade. Um, his uh. The, the stock was also going down during that time because he was selling a lot of Tesla stock. Yep. So probably he, anticipated that he would have to. Yeah. Well, and because of the volume he was, he was selling off, right. Triggers downward yeah. pressure. Yeah. In a short amount of time. So he, yeah, he can't possibly spend all that money and get the price that it's currently at. Right. So, and, and neither can Bezos. So, you know, maybe maybe Bezos was selling some stock. I don't know. I, it, it would have to come out in a, in a report or something if he did it. But yeah, I I remember it was a tech show, and it was weird because the the host of the tech show basically said like, I know it's not true, but he said basically like, Jeff Bezos has a dial of how much money he wants to make for that you know that quarter or that year. And he just turns the dial to get to whatever number. So if they need if they need to lose money for a quarter to save like on taxes or buildings or whatever, 
he just dials it down. And all of a sudden, Amazon's not profitable anymore. <laughs> and the next quarter rolls around, he dials it back up. And all of a sudden, oh, they're the richest company on the planet again. So it's, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand all the intricacies of how that works. Just, you know, the, the fundamentals and the basics. Um, but with, with as many people shopping on Amazon, right? Like day, I've, I've, I've probably done at least four or five Amazon purchases this week alone. Small things, which I would never do if I wasn't a Prime member. Like when I wasn't on Prime, I'd have to wait and wait and wait until I had enough stuff to cover whatever the free shipping threshold was. Um, but now as I track the price and everything, and as soon as it hits like, you know, the lowest price in 30 days or the lowest price or whatever, I'm like, okay, now's the buy time. I'll just buy now. And I'm patient. So there's things that I've waited years to purchase um, because the price just wasn't right. But it's a, like I said, it's a convenience thing for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm in that camp that goes like, well, as long as you're carrying around a smartphone, right, you've lost all your privacy already. So the fact that I shop on Amazon and get detailed ads sent to me specifically for me of things that I may enjoy and want to purchase, um, I'm okay with that. It's voluntary. Mm-hmm. It's not coerced by the state. You know, yeah, I'm I'm mostly okay with that kind of thing, and until the state gets involved. Um, now, there was this guy Klaus Schwab. He's the he's the uh, the Great Reset mastermind, I think. Okay. Um, he he's the one in the picture of the all the I don't know if it's the Davos meetings or whatever it was, but the World uh, Economic the, Forum. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he looks like a, a total uh, a villain in a superhero movie. <laughs> But um, he, I I can't remember if he's he's got a book or something. But it anyway, he's described uh, the 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 future of uh, by by twenty thirty, in which the government will basically force everybody to get a new ID, and they will track everybody's uh, finances, and uh, that that's where it gets dangerous. Um, if the government could stop your ability to to buy things on Amazon or anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, just because they don't like your politics or whatever. Well, so. and at that point the game changes, right? At that right. point if they if they're preventing me from transacting with Amazon, then I'll find more local sources and I I will alter my standard of living accordingly, right? Yeah. And so after Elon bought Twitter, the our government <laughs> First, I don't know the details on this. I, I didn't look into it too much, but they're they're making some new organization, like straight out of 1984, to uh, monitor free speech or something. You heard about that, right? I did. I don't. I didn't read the article, but I did. Do I have a headline on that? I don't even know. Um, yeah. But anyway, pretty pretty yeah. shocking. Um, uh, it's it's a government disinformation committee or something. Yes. Can you imagine? Of all institutions, Congress being in charge of disinformation. Jiminy. Yeah. And the person that they put in charge of this is one of the people that was trying to hide, like, the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Oh, and, perfect. Yeah. And so she's she's already corrupt, and this is and that's the head of the uh, disinformation campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say one thing. I don't, I don't know if we really wanted to get into the whole Twitter Elon Musk thing again, uh, but I did want to say one thing about it and i'm glad that in my i the thought popped into my head and i was like you know everyone who on social media who posted about elon i was scrolling through comments to make sure that i wasn't the only one that had this thought Um, and thankfully i was not so 
I'm glad other people are, are out there, you know, thinking correctly as it were. Um, but there was a whole bunch from the left going like, um, you know, they, they, Elon, they, they asked Elon Musk, you know, if he would give, uh, whatever, $8 billion to charity, if they could, if it could solve world hunger, if they showed him how he would spend it. Um, and he chose to spend 44 billion on Twitter instead. So the, the, the basic claim is that, uh, world hunger and poverty could be solved for a meager $8 billion. Um, but now that, you know, Elon's spending 44 billion, um, uh, instead of solving world hunger. Right. Mm. <laughs> okay. Are you, you've seen these at least I'm not the, you know, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, oh, you have not. I mean, there's a whole bunch of criticisms of, of what he should spend his money on. Right. Um, but th- those are by people that don't know how the world works. So. Right. So what I was glad that I saw was, Hey, whoever sold Twitter now has $44 billion. Can we talk to them about solving world <laughs> hunger? Yeah, exactly. Right. It was a yeah. transaction. If money didn't like go to Twitter and then disappear, like someone well, now has it. The the money went to the shareholders, and so it didn't go to one person. It got you know everybody yeah. who has shares now have just a little bit more money instead of shares. Yeah, so let's let's get them on solving the world hunger thing, right? Because they are now yeah, collectively I mean, forty four billion dollars richer. Yeah, if they put you know ten thousand people together, they could raise uh, you know five to forty four billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Again, it didn't, you know, like I said, it's, it's not like it disappeared into the ether. Someone has it, and now the, now the onus is on them. Hey, Twitter shareholders, why don't you, like, put your wallets together now that Elon Musk has made you $44 billion richer collectively and take, what, 20% of that? Solve world hunger. Go for it. Let's, yep. see that. Let's make that happen. So, yeah. So, someone else shared that. I'm like, okay, good. They, other people realized that it was, it was transactional. And not, you know, a, a setting to fire of $44 billion that can't get used anywhere else in the economy ever again. It may be more distributed, right? It was a wealth transfer of $44 billion from the, which, from the, uh, from the wealthy to the less wealthy, right? It trickled down a little bit, as it were, maybe, if you want to put it like that. Yeah, the, it's uh, the, the organization that, that was just created. It's called the, the Department of Homeland Security's this disinformation governance board. So it's, it's a section of department of Homeland security. Oh, even better. Right. The guys that so, run. So, yeah, so they've the got, PSA they've got the whatever. guns too. Well, department of Ho- Homeland security was created to, uh, combine all of our military into one unit. So bringing the Navy and the air force and the space force and Marines space and, force. Yeah. All, all together on, uh, you know, it, it, it was a control thing that for some reason, <laughs> I don't know, the people in charge couldn't uh, coordinate with each other without making yet another bureaucracy, <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's ridiculous. We need a committee to form a team to watch this <laughs> oversight board. It's yeah. such nonsense. But why, yeah, why would the Department of Homeland Security, uh, be, be monitoring uh, disinformation on Twitter. You know? <laughs> well, because now presumably someone out of their control um, is at the reins, right? Like I don't, I don't know the true Elon Musk any more than I knew like the true Donald Trump. Um, but the yeah. the the projection of them were outsiders, renegades, right? Loose cannons, 
disrupting the status quo of the establishment and the establishment doesn't like that so they had to do something to get trump out of there you know steal an election and now they have to do something to put elon musk in his place because all those fines from the sec or whatever basically did nada right Mm. so whatever just more bureaucracy i also i also think it's funny that the uh people on the right assume that uh, Elon Musk is one of them. And he said many times, you know, I'm, I'm basically le- left of center, except the left just went, you know, running the other direction. He just tweeted that out too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I haven't moved, but now I'm conservative. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, what was it? I can't remember what it was. Sorry. But, but there was some issue that uh, they they assume that that uh, Elon Musk is is champion, championing. I can't even say that word. Championing. Um, yes, and and he wasn't, and, and so anyway, I think I think we will see it in the future. Um, you know, the right eventually turning on on Musk. So. Yeah, probably. Well, I can, I can give you the headline that might do it right away. So this isn't one that I had for this show. This is one that I um, sent over to the uh, host group for Free Talk Live because I wasn't planning on taking it in tomorrow either. Um, Elon Musk clarifies free speech stance. Um, and into the, auto, into the article, I don't have the full article, but from what I re- remember reading, it was uh, Twitter will be the free speech, free speech platform within the law. Whatever that means. So in countries that don't allow for free speech, Twitter's not the free speech platform. In, cool. in, go ahead. I said cool. Right. So at some so all Congress has to do, right, is pass some law or enact some rule or, you know, d- declare it, um, you know, hate speech in some form or fashion. Uh, just like the alt-right were kicked off of other platforms um, beyond Twitter, Right, the, the new the new platforms pop up. They go, well, we're the free speech platform, but you can't say that. And then poof, people were booted. You know, so Twitter Twitter will allow more speech, um, but I think they will find out that there is going to be a limit on how free the speech on Twitter actually is. And when it is not one hundred percent, say whatever the you know, hell I want without consequences. Um, I think that's when, you know, the, the backlash will begin. Um, but for the people on Twitter, right. Have your block button ready. Cause he's not taking yeah. away the block button. You don't like there someone was, block him. There was one guy that got kicked already. He, he showed up on Twitter and said, I'm back bitches. And then got immediately kicked. Okay. Was it Roger stone? Cause I saw that headline. Uh, maybe it was. Okay. I don't know if he would say I'm back bitches. That doesn't seem like a Roger stone quote. Um, but then um, there was a headline that Roger Stone already booted off of Twitter again. So yeah, yeah. See, it's not anything. It's just you know within and Elon's it, acceptable definition at this point, right. sort of maybe. And so, and that's the and that's the weird part about it because one of the reasons the left gets upset is because um, Elon is a pretty good uh, troller. Um, he can master upset- level. He can upset people in a way that's somewhat humorous, um, but if you're the butt of the joke, it could be really hurtful. And yes. so they, so 
and that's that's part of the reasons why there can't it's it's really hard to do any type of uh regulation of of uh speech on on twitter because if you say i'm back bitches okay maybe that's just a rude uh thing to say and and it doesn't look good for the community or whatever it looks like this person is just there to cause trouble and so you maybe want him off the platform um but it's kind of funny though so it's you know, yes so so what wh- how, how do you I don't know. How do you make that choice of who to get rid of and who to keep? Because a lot of people think uh, Elon's extremely offensive, even though, you know, from my perspective, it's is he's justified and he's funny. Um, so anyway, I don't know. That's that's my that's my dilemma here. Well, so I guess from the company perspective, right? You you test different limits um, with the goal of maximizing profits, right? Okay. Like from a, from a business perspective, you know, uh, KS, you're the economist, right? Uh, uh, supply and demand, there's, there's somewhere on that chart is the price and quantity demanded and price and quantity supplied. And there is some formula for maximizing profits. And if you set the price too high, you lose some of the purchases and your profits may go up depending on how much you lose, depending on what the elasticity of demand. And if you set the price, you know, too low, then you're not making as much money as you could. Um, And so the goal of organizations is to find the price point that maximizes profits. And so for, uh, for Twitter, it could be as, you know, as, Hey, we're losing too many people because these asshats are trolling too much. Right. And then they over ban people to get the original group back. And at some point it levels out and they go like, Nope, this is the perfect balance of banned people versus people on the platform. And we have, you know, max maximum community involvement, maximum profits, um, or something to that effect. I know it was simplistic chaos. Am I wrong somewhere in there or need a little bit oh, of you're correction? Absolutely right. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's just, well, in economics, they call the equilibrium point where you've maximized your, um, well, actually, maximizing sales doesn't necessarily mean your revenues, but for a particular company, yeah, you want to maximize the, uh, the profits by satisfying the most uh, greatest number of sales with the greatest amount of revenue, sure. Yeah, well, at least the greatest amount of revenue because you can, like luxury brands, don't do nearly the amount of sales as budget brands, right? But their revenue is higher because they're priced higher. Mm-hmm. So it's not even about maximizing sales. You can maximize sales and still not maximize profits because you set your price too low. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, like I said, the e- equilibrium point um, somewhere on there is going to be it for Twitter. Obviously with the extreme leftist direction that Twitter has gone, um, they were not at that equilibrium point and Elon Musk coming on board. Um, we can call it a correction um, depending on where he ends up. Right. It's still way too early on to see what he's going to do. Um, but the 100% free speech platform for Twitter is already out the door because it's 100% free speech within the confines of the law, of course. You can't allow all speech to go out on there. Um, and then again, it's going to be his or whoever you know sits on his board's personal taste on what's, what's within the bounds of acceptable speech on Twitter. Um, and I'll reiterate a little bit of what I said last week um, is that 
I'm okay with that because my personal belief, you know, company, you can do what you want, but my personal belief is that a hundred percent free speech platform, um, will be like the basement of the internet. It will be the, the, the lowest common denominator, the lowest bar, the most vulgar, inappropriate speech you can, you can find, um, because anybody not on that level is going to vacate the, the platform. Um, and the only people that will be left are the people that can't get platformed anywhere else. And there's a reason they can't get platformed anywhere else. And it may not be because they're, you know, the, on the wrong side of politics. It may be just because they're vulgar and lewd and that could be the line. But if you open it up to everybody, you, you know, the, the trolls run amok. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to share this story. Um, and I think I've shared it on here before, but I think it reiterates and highlights the point. Um, I'm going to do my best to do this from memory. So there's a guy walks into a bar, sits down and there's another dude sitting at the bar and the bartender just comes up to the other dude and, you know, kicks him out, you know, and the dude wasn't being rude or crude or lewd or out of line or anything, just sitting there having his beer and so the guy goes to the bartender and goes like, hey, what was that all about? Like, why'd you kick that dude out? And he goes, and he, like, he wasn't being rude or anything. The guy goes, well, he had a Nazi patch on his jacket. And the guy goes like, you know, so what? He's got a Nazi patch on his jacket. He's not doing anything. And the guy goes, and the bartender goes, well, you see, if I allow that guy with the Nazi patch on his jacket to come here, right, then soon enough, he's going to bring his Nazi friend here because this is an acceptable place for them to be. And it may not seem innocuous, it may seem innocuous at first, but eventually more of their friends will come and gather, you know, here. And there'll be more people around here with their Nazi patches and their SS tattoos or whatever, you know. And the bartender says, and before you know it, this will be, this bar will be overrun by Nazis. It will become a Nazi bar. And at that point, right, it's too late to kick them out when they do become rude, lewd, and vulgar because you can't get the other customers to come back. So the best thing to do is to kick out the guy with the Nazi patch now so that he doesn't come back and doesn't bring his friends. And that keeps the bar open to the general public and the rest of the people who want to enjoy the, you know, enjoy the bar like civilized individuals. And, and I translate that to any sort of, you know, platform or social media platform or, you know, other, any establishment you want right? You nip it in the bud early. So if you want, if you want to, you know, find that equilibrium point and maximize your profits, um, you want people to want to be on your platform. And if you're catering to the lowest common denominator, you are not going to reach that equilibrium point because you will be overrun before you know it, right? It will be a cesspool of trolls and it's too late to bring back the other people. By the time you get rid of that, right? It's too late to bring everyone else back. And who knows, right? I don't, I don't know why people on the right or the alt-right want to go back to Twitter so badly if they found the landing point, right? I think uh, truth social, whatever Trump's thing is like Trump just finally got on there, go there, right? There's your spot. There's your circle jerk and your, you know, whatever you want to call it for you, for your, your echo chamber to talk amongst your right-leaning individuals. Or you can go plan your non-events with the Fed boys and whoever. <laughs> it's there.
but you don't you don't need to be platformed everywhere because despite despite what the left now wants you to think, right? Twitter isn't the only option, right? There there are federated platforms available to anybody who wants to start a server um, that you can go and be on on your own. So the fact that Elon Musk is taking over, it's not that now the left has no place to run to. They have the same place that the right had to run to. You just you just get off the platform if you don't like it. There's there's I'm I'm going to say an infinite number of other opportunities for you, uh, because like I said, eighty or you know eight I say eight billion. I mean, maybe yeah, I'll say I'll stick with infinite, because anyone can start a server, right? Anyone can start a server, start their own federated social media platform. Um, it's not that hard. It doesn't cost billions of dollars to run. Sure, you're not going to become a billionaire doing it. Uh, but was that the point? You weren't going to become a billionaire on Twitter either. You just, you're just a user. And if you want to start your own server, uh, go do it and be done with it. So it's, you know, the, the left is, the left is all up, all a Twitter, uh, about what's going on. And it's still just as it's still no better or no worse than it was, uh, for the people on the alt-right when they got booted, find your place, do it federated because federated is the future anyway. And let Musk have his fun on Twitter. Who cares? Yeah, that's that's what I thought was was a who cares. Um, it's kind of surprising that someone would pay forty four billion dollars for for Twitter. Um, I guess they have a lot of users, but like like Elon Musk said, it was kind of a dying platform. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, they backtracked on the users too. In in yeah, the audits, yeah, they yeah. said like, "Yeah, we overcalculated. Sorry." Yeah, most of them are bots. Yeah, and some of them are bots run by the Twitter company themselves, which is kind of insane but uh, there were memes about that the bots leaving twitter right because they all they all posted the exact same phrasing like i'm sick and tired of this and i'm leaving twitter you know <laughs> and it was like verbatim like the videos of the news the news anchors right all reading the same story verbatim right yeah yeah it was like this the twitter bots all saying the same thing verbatim about how they're fed up and leaving um yeah. one of the other thing that concerns me you know i i posted this again i call it like um the 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 gotcha the rub from elon musk purchase of twitter uh here's the other headline um not shared for this show but just in general elon musk pledges to quote unquote authenticate all humans as he buys twitter right so there's going to be a removal of that layer of anonymity that you know longtime internet people should enjoy Right. You, you can give up, you can keep your privacy if you want. You can give up as much as you want. Um, but I, you know, I, I may not have been a super user at the time, um, but I'm familiar with like chat handles, right? Like what you go by online, uh, KS, you might know this, like it's your CB handle from the old truck radios, right? You don't know who the rubber duck is. He's just the guy who calls himself the rubber duck on the radio. Um, Chat handles were a thing. You just, you knew people by their chat handle and it didn't matter because you could, you could have the same conversation without having them ID verified. So the fact that part of, you know, Twitter, whatever Elon Musk is doing with Twitter is to ID verify everyone and authenticate all humans to get rid of the bots or whatever, um, is also disconcerting to me. Right. And one of the reasons for, for me personally is because I don't use Twitter um, very often, but I use it with specific intent. And because I use it with specific intent, I have a handful 
of different Twitter handles, like no blue check marks, um, that I set up for different interests that I have, right? So I have one, I have an entire Twitter handle, Twitter handle just devoted to retro video games, right? So anybody who's in like, you know, not anybody, but a lot of people who are in the retro gaming community, right? I follow their Twitter with this Twitter handle and I do not intermix that um, with the people I follow within like the Liberty community Twitter handle. So I don't get, I don't get mixed news when I'm looking for retro news I go log into one Twitter when I'm looking for Liberty news. I go log into another Twitter and I'm look when I'm looking for wrestling news, I log into another Twitter. So I'm not reading all the different news all at once. And I know, I know there's ways to like filter and sort that, but I don't want it intermixed. I just want to see the stuff, you know, that, that I'm interested in separately. And if you're going to authenticate all humans, Right, I'm gonna lose at least two of those plus the other ones that I have set up, um, you know, because you can, you're only gonna authenticate me once, and then what, dickhead? Let me have my handle, right? Different handle for a different community. My Xbox gaming handle is different from the one for the Switch, which is might be a little bit different than the one I I have on the PlayStation Network, right? Like, who cares? Same guy, different handles because it's it's a different community authenticate all humans kiss my ass anything else um do you have some headlines i've got a bunch of headlines that's where i was going so i've got a bunch i will read them all as i usually do and then you know try to listen to ones that jump out at you otherwise i think the ones toward the end um lean more intellectual perhaps so we'll see um headline when the bubble pops, will you be ready? Uh, headline, censorship and propaganda threatens our freedom. Headline, the psychology of manipulation. Lesson learned from the master of propaganda. Uh, headline, the threat to liberty is coming from inside the house. It's a scary one. Uh, headline, the world is back on a war footing and will all pay the price. A headline, just 46 days in office, Chile's leftist leader runs into trouble. A headline, woman calls security on dad taking pictures of his own kids, then pepper sprays him. <laughs> headline, a charity builds dozens of tiny homes for the homeless on private property. Cops and government destroy all of it. A headline, plastic grocery bags ban actually boosts sales of small plastic garbage bag says a study a headline political paternalism not free markets cause economic shocks uh, this one's for you mc a headline insomnia addiction depression the dark side of life trading crypto <laughs> okay <laughs> and okay i'm gonna make sure i can get that whole one because that's a uh, a washington post article which means usually I'm banned because uh, I click on that link too many times and I'm, you know, IP blocked for 30 days, or whatever. But I, I think I could do that all if that's what you do on to do. A uh, headline, new anti-capitalist cafe in Toronto perfectly demonstrates why capitalism is awesome. <laughs> and finally, headline, okay, this one might shock you a little bit. So, you know, here's the headline. Higher education makes people more libertarian <laughs> okay you chuckled but this is a study 
And apparently the study corroborates another study. So those are the headlines. Anyone in particular? Um, there was one I was interested in, and I lost it, so I'm looking at the list again. Okay. Lots of them sounded interesting to me. Uh, the Toronto, Chile, um, the uh, Bitcoin insomnia, and the last one even, uh, that university education. I think what it means is not that university, I mean, not that university education um can create liberal liberals uh, libertarians. That's a possibility, but lib- not university educated professors definitely don't um, emerge from higher education. In other words, those who choose to become the educators, right? Maybe, but the 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 talking point at least is that higher education; those people who come out with a college degree, um, their brains are turned to mush because of the leftist propaganda that they're forced to regurgitate in order to get their diploma and graduate. Right. Like that's the talking point. Um, did you come up with, did you find the one you're looking for MC? No, I kind of wanted to know what the deal was with the, uh, leftists in Chile. Having yeah, okay. problems. Let's do that yeah. one first then. Cause mm-hmm. chaos, you brought that up as well. Right. And then we'll, we'll move on. Sorry. Now I got to find it. Jesus. All right. 46 days in office. Chile's leftist leader runs into trouble. Uh, This is also a, oh no, MSN.com article. Uh, Bloomberg, hailed as the face of a new Latin American left, Chile President Gabriel Boric, am I saying that right, was not only elected in a landslide, he embraced a constitutional rewrite to turn his nation from a neoliberal mining power into a model of humane green development. But just six weeks in office, Borch faces turmoil, his disapproval rating up more than 30 points, his closest aide under attack for rookie mistakes, the economy sputtering, and crime rising. After two years of a global pandemic with inflation and supply chain troubles exacerbated by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, many heads of government are facing discontent. But the suddenness of Borch's troubles and their depths are especially noteworthy. The population doesn't see the government advancing initiatives that solve their problems, says Marco Moreno, director of the School of Government at the Universidad Central de in Santiago. It hasn't had control of the political agenda, and it doesn't have a coalition that makes its proposals viable in Congress. Rising disapproval rates now stand to muddle his ambitious policy proposals, including tax and pension reforms, which will require legislative backing. More broadly, his challenges pose a warning for other leaders vying for power across Latin America. For a former student leader who was admired and beloved, Boric, 36, is suddenly the object of wrath. When he visited the city of La Serena last week, a protester threw a rock, forcing his security team to move him to safety. Days earlier, he was heckled by a resident while in the Santiago district of Cerro Navia. Violent protests. Known for three decades of stability and growth, Chile broke out into violent street protests in late 2019, indicating that below the calm surface, enormous discontent festered. Boric rose the unhappiness to office, but now faces an explosive mix of demands over public services, soaring consumer prices, and jitters over a new constitution. Boric's challenges came from both flanks. Some communists, with whom he formed an alliance, 
are sniping that he's not serious about dismantling neoliberalism. On the right, he's dismissed as dangerously naive about the importance of capital markets and foreign investors. Axel Callis, a director of Polster Two Influize, it's a website, .com, said that more than half of the votes that for Boric were really rejections of his opponents on the right. It was more of a strategic vote, he said. That segment doesn't have strong loyalty to the president. Indeed, Boric's support fell immediately after gaffes by Interior Minister Ichka Sitches, one of his closest aides and former campaign manager. First, she traveled to the south, where a violent uprising has begun growing, in hopes of a dialogue with indigenous leaders and faced shots in the air when her caravan arrived. Then, in remarks to the legislatures, she made the false claim that a group of deported migrants left and then returned to Chile during the prior government and that their whereabouts were unknown. That blunder overshadowed the president's policy agenda, including the announcement of his first major economic package. At an event to unveil a $3.7 billion plan to help segments including women confront a worsening outlook, Boric was peppered with questions about whether he would fire Sitges. Boric's opponents to more pension withdrawals, which uh, propel inflation yet are popular among cash-strapped workers, hurt his standing among supporters and expose rifts with allies. After failing to convince coalition lawmakers to reject legislation for drawdowns, Boric was forced to put forth his own more limited plan to let workers tap retirement savings. The lower house killed both bills. The main challenge confronting the government today is creating a coalition whereby all lawmakers who are on President Borch's side act in a coordinated way, said Alvaro Elizalde, who is Senate president and also a member of the government-aligned Socialist Party. More realistic. The president's office didn't respond to requests for comments on this story. In an interview published Sunday in La Tercera, spokeswoman Camila Vallejo said the administration is assuming responsibility for its errors and working to improve. Uh, Boric has warned that Chile faces a complex outlook, telling supporters to temper their expectations. While he has emphasized that his administration's changes will be made gradually and that he will seek input from numerous sectors of society before advancing plans such as a tax reform. His government has tried to maintain a more realistic discourse since the election, says Martina Ogas, economist at Euro America in Santiago. That has been reflected in his selection of ministers and also in steps they are taking before sending reform bills to Congress. The president who has made establishing a closer relationship with citizens a priority is still greeted by throngs of supporters during events and at his residence in downtown Santiago. Unlike previous heads of state, Boric does not shy away from stops for selfies and hugs with his backers. At the same time, problems such as inflation are driven by factors abroad that Boric cannot control. More Boric government coverage. Chile's presidential disapproval rating reached 50% in the first month. Chile rose out. Oh, I think that's okay. I'm going to stop it there because that seems like it's going into other stuff um, past the article. Uh, So we'll stop it there. End of the article. It almost reads to me like any any American article should read. (laughs) about the current president in a lot of ways. Um, so is this is this just a problem with leftist administrations, MC, KS? I don't know. <laughs> you okay. tell me. I don't know. Actually, you make a very good point. I wish that uh, American media had given the same kind of evaluation of the Biden administration or of the Trump administration. I think that, yeah, I think that the this was a nice um, overview of the situation. 
And I guess my first reaction is, why in, why in the world does anybody seek that kind of job in the first place? It's impossible to to satisfy all those parties and uh, you know, power, you know, power uh, and control. Yeah, yeah, and popularity, fame. And notice the, the selfies with his fans. Uh, that's probably the the one driving um, motive, or at least a big one, right? I mean, we we kind of touched on this either last week or the week before, where you know those individuals with all the money. Right, you can already buy anything you want. What is left? Right, like what? What's the next mountain to conquer? And it's usually something like this, you know, fame, power, popularity. You know, the the things that money can't buy necessarily um, is is what you go after. And so, if that's what he was seeking, then you know, of course, right? Or maybe I mean I don't. I hate to make age an issue. Right. But at, at 36, maybe he was still too idealistic. Right. I'm smart. I'm educated. You know, I, I'm the one that, you know, Chile needs to turn the corner or whatever, because I have that education. Right. I, I know what's best for everybody. Just put me in charge and I will take care of you all. Right. Which is why, you know, socialist, socialist government, uh, siding with communists, right? I'm for you guys, the weak, the troubled, the downtrodden, right? I will bring you up, and all we have to do is make them and those pay for it, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I, do, I do think, you know, okay, uh, KS, you might be able to comment on this again. Um, at this, uh, I'm going to quote the last line that I, I wanted part of the article. At the same time, problems um, such as inflation are driven by factors abroad that Boric cannot control. Uh, isn't Chile responsible for their own inflation? <laughs> right? I, does, I'd say yes yes and no, but... Okay, um, well, tell me the they, no then. They, they could do better. Um, wow. It, it's complicated, but uh, KS, are you there? <laughs> he asked to speak, I invited him to speak, and he's muted. He has, to press, he, he has to press one more button, and then, and then he can One more talk. button. It's always one more button. Alexa, play the Jeopardy music. Do, do, <laughs> do, do. Oh, wait, I'm not Alexa. Oh. <laughs> well, I was looking for the crickets. <laughs> I mean, do your best. to. Su- I get that it's complicated, but do your best to summarize for me, right? Because we always, as, you know, anarchists, libertarians, whatever, our general definition of inflation is an increase in the money supply. So that's it. That's, you know, that's everything else is an effect of inflation or a symptom of inflation, right? Rising prices are a result of inflationary policy. Um, So how does, how does external inflation uh, affect, you know, uh, Chile's inflation problem, right? Like if, 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 if other countries are inflating their currency Shouldn't that not strengthen uh, the Chilean dollar? I don't know what it's called. Whatever, whatever that happens to be, right? Um, it, sure. it should make it stronger in the international in the international realm, and they should be able to purchase more with their with their goods with their with their dollar. So I don't know how yeah, it's it's. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but why hasn't that worked anywhere in the world? What do you mean? Nobody is doing that. 
nobody is nobody is no no country in the world is trying to make their their currency stronger than the u.s dollar well because they're fucking dumb but i if they're not if they're not trying okay. it that's why okay, it's not so, working okay dumb and corrupt okay all right i mean and so the the best scenario i can say right now is is what they're doing in uh what's that middle Amer- american country uh they're El Salvador, they're, okay. they're uh, introducing the uh, Bitcoin as a yeah. uh, legal currency. So, okay, uh, we'll see how that works. We will. I mean, I don't. And, and the and the and but the also the the benefit they have is that they're already a dollarized uh, country, and Chile is not a dollarized. So they're they're uh, a, a lot of the countries in the world are 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 perfectly happy to destroy their own currency. Uh, basically keeping keeping whatever inflation it is up with with the dollar so if the dollar okay. inflates a whole bunch then they're going to inflate too so okay at at the risk of sounding like those we make fun of um i want to stipulate here that i want to say that there is a difference between does not work and has not been tried um and those that we make fun of are the ones that's like real socialism hasn't been tried real communism hasn't been tried the, sure. It's only the fake stuff that hasn't worked because uh, we haven't tried the real stuff yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see one country in the world try it, but it, so far, I don't know. I don't well, know why. I mean, the conspiracy mind in me goes like other countries have tried it, and the minute they try to you know, disengage from the dollar, um, their head of state is assassinated <laughs> by some CIA <laughs> okay. operative, right? Could be. So that, that could be the sticking point there. Um, but if we, you know, again, with a basic and limited understanding of global economics, it would seem to me that if a trade partner is devaluing their currency, right, then as yours gets, you know, yours gets stronger by default, you can then purchase more and you become wealthier that way, right? Like if if Canada wasn't inflating their currency as well i would expect to see the canadian dollar strengthen in relation to the american dollar right true and but 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 the what you're saying is like they're not which doesn't mean it wouldn't work right if you stop inflating your currency you know it should get stronger against the dollar um unless there's other corruption or you know what have you um intervening but that's you know the basics of how, why it should happen. So when they say in, when it, so when you know the the comment again was inflations are driven by factors abroad that Boric cannot control. I go well yeah yeah he can he he absolutely can control you know what you know I don't know how much control he has over the, the printing of Chilean dollars again I don't know the actual yeah currency that's, that's a it's a good question. But it's not driven by outside factors. It might be driven by internal factors within Chile, right? Maybe he doesn't control it. Maybe it's part of the legislature's duty. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely not something outside of Chile going, you know, forcing Chile's government. Um, maybe, maybe it is. <laughs> it's well, a big okay, man. <laughs> That's the, the, then now we're talking about conspiracies, you know, which I'm more than happy to do. But it doesn't, you know. If that if that's the thing, right? Then you know, put put your neck on the line, and just say it, speak well, the truth. When, when I when I was in Colombia, when I was in Colombia, there most of the people were were talking about dollarizing as if it's a good thing, and I'm like, no, they 
they're super inflationary too. That's not the way you want to go. And they just don't get it. So, yeah. I mean, early, early on, um, you know, b- before the advent of cryptocurrency, right. I, I longed for a world where items were just priced in ounces of metal, right? Either, either bits of silver or ounces of gold, grams of gold, right? And, you know, so how much is that hat, you know, hat on the wall? Oh, the hat's one ounce of silver, right? Like that level of separation for de-dollarizing um, is what would be needed. And so now that we're in a world of, you know, more popularity with cryptocurrency, like that's what I want to see, right? Hey, how much is that truck, right? Half a Bitcoin, right? That's it. You, you just know inherently, right, like the value that that currency has or whatever other alt currency you have is, um, and that's just a price. So um, there's, a, there was, there's a restaurant out in Keene. It's the only um, restaurant that I go to that I, I think um, that takes goldbacks, right? And they do, the, you know, they do the conversion. And so when someone goes like, wow, how much is a goldback, right? The answer should be one one-thousandth ounces of gold. Because that's what one gold back is. It's, you know, one one thousandth of an ounce of gold, uh, you know, pressed and laminated into this currency format or whatever. And, and the question, the follow up question is like, well, how much is that? Well, now you're talking about it in terms of dollars. And I always think that, you know, if you're pitching those types of things, that's the mentality that has to be moved away from. Right. And for those one, you know, if you're really curious, it's about four bucks. Give or take the the dollar the goldback people post their conversion rate um, when you convert your Federal Reserve notes to goldbacks um, and how much you know what people are willing to trade them for, etc. Uh, I remember <laughs> several several years ago when we first moved up here, um, there was a dude trading in silver and goldbacks, and he had his you know thing set up. He made an announcement. It was like uh, goldbacks are you know four bucks each. And I went, hey, wait a minute. There were three last week. Like, you know, what the hell? And I was joking and just, you know, giving him shit. He was like, ah, you know, you know how the market works. The price, the price is like fluctuating. This is, this is what I can do this week, man. I'm like, just relax, bro. I'm just giving you shit. I don't even care. Just thought it was funny. Uh, but if it was, you know, if, if you're talking to trade like that, but when you're talking as a barter tool, right? Like, what can this one gold back get me? You know, I don't know. What could it get you? A sandwich? You try to gold back for a sandwich, right? Two gold backs get you sandwich chips and a drink. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but changing changing to that mentality is something that I always found valuable um, and necessary to move away from dollarization or thinking in terms of of national currencies or government backed currencies or government you know is, uh, printed currencies is getting away from their words, their terminology, and just thinking of of it as its value of what it is and what you can then get for it. Thoughts? Uh, No. Final thoughts? Let's end it. Wrapping it up then. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week peace
Aloha.